Hey guys, welcome back to episode two of Teens Tap In, sponsored by St. Clair Health and run through Outreach Teen and Family Services. Um, we were so excited to see the success of our first episode, Teaching and Learning Through COVID-19. And today we are talking about the myths and misteaching of peer pressure. And for this episode, Sid and I brought our best friend, Maddie. Maddie, you want to say a couple words about yourself? Hi guys, I'm Maddie and I've known Sid and Caroline for quite a while and I'm honored to be here today to talk about peer pressure. And to get to know the three of us more, we are going to dive into our fast five. So I will start by asking Caroline and Maddie, are you guys early birds or night owls? I am definitely an early bird. I have to say that I think I'm an early bird too. And I'm an early bird too, so we're three <laughs> for three there. Um, okay, sunrise or sunset? Sunrise, 100%. And I'm sunset. I'm sunrise. Yeah, there's something about starting your day with it. Okay, next one. Bike or hike? Um, uh, you go ahead. I'm a big hike girl. Yeah, I like biking, but I, I don't know. Hiking's nice. Like, it's slower paced. I definitely like hiking better. Okay. Um, kayaking or stand-up paddleboarding? I'll take this one first. I love stand-up paddleboarding. I'm... I'm going to have to go with kayak. Uh, I think I'm going to say stand-up paddleboard. Now we're going to cut to an ad from our generous sponsor, St. Clair Health. At St. Clair Health, we're always improving, building on our commitment to face the challenges of today, making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together. St. Clair Health, expert care from people who care. Okay, all right, our last Fast Five before we get to the content, pizza or pasta? Pasta. I definitely agree, pasta. Mm, I have to go with pizza. I don't like the sauce. <laughs> well, what do you like on your pasta? You like buttered noodles. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, now we're going to um, jump right in. And to start, uh, the three of us are going to talk about, um, we'll start by asking Maddie, what do you remember learning about peer pressure throughout your years in school? I think there was a lot of talk about um, you're going to get to high school and you're going to be at a party and people are going to say, here, you have to try this. And there wasn't really any discussion about different scenarios. It was sort of just this one generic, you're at a party and then people are going to ask you to try different substances. Yeah, I think adding on to that, a big thing that we learned, especially through health class, which was required in elementary school, and through middle school was the Say No campaign, which was just a lot of, like, abstinence is the answer. And that's, like, not only in, like, drugs and everything else, but just saying no to everything. And not only is that unrealistic, but it's not the only scenario that you're going to come across. Um, and that was really the main way that it was taught in my health class and I'm assuming yours as well yeah yeah I remember like you know watching these videos of like classic like 90s early thousands kids like in their early thousands sitting in a basement yeah <laughs> and like someone would be like sitting in a corner and they'd come up to them and be like drink this beer and the person would be like no but like that's like I don't know that's like I think that was the wrong way to teach it and also I think Learning that in, like, fifth and sixth grade, that wasn't effective. Like, I think, you know, there are other problems then. And then when you're not in health class again to, like, 11th or 12th grade, I think, you know, you're missing out on, like, the most important years there. I think it sort of deterred away from, like, parties at all. 
Um, and it was more of like a don't be a part of these social settings instead of sort of teaching you how to handle it better when those situations arose. Yeah, I completely agree. I think they used like almost intimidation tactics just to scare you away from any social setting or anything where you might find alcohol or drugs present. And instead of teaching you how to deal with it, they just were like, this is what's going to happen and you're going to leave. And we're going to teach you how to say no and how to escape the situation instead of how to deal with it head on and how to give you these skills to learn how to deal with it. Yeah, you know, I think it's, uh, frankly, I think it was the same thing with, like, sex, sex education. Like, you know, the I know that this is from a state level down, but, you know, we were only taught abstinence. Mm-hmm. And um, now, granted, I haven't gone to that unit in my health class yet this year, but that's, I mean, when you're taught to abstain from things that you are going to encounter, like parties, like, um, you know, like situations where you're even just with a couple of friends and people are, using substances um those things are inevitable and sometimes you're in them before you know what's going to happen and just say like being taught to stay out of them before like you can even before you even know they're happening wasn't the best way to go about that yeah I agree it's really scary how inaccurate the lessons were and just how unprepared school was and just how unrealistic it was Yeah, so that kind of leads us to our next question of what do you think has changed most between the times we learned about um, peer pressure and the Say No campaign in, in say, uh, fifth and sixth grades compared to now? Um, I think that one thing that has definitely changed is um, they've sort of taught us more, like, how to walk through a situation and look around and like take it all in like I know another thing they've talked about us now is like having a safe person to go to um for me that's probably my mom like if you're in a situation where you aren't comfortable like having that person to go to um I don't know if you guys want to add to that at all no I agree um it's definitely changed Um, especially since now we have to take health again in 12th grade and me not having taken health since seventh grade, it has been a very long time. Like, I don't know. That's a lot of years. I can't do the math off the top of my head. Like seven? Yes. Seven years. Um, so obviously we've encountered a lot of different experiences. Um, but honestly, the lessons haven't changed that much, um, And the things that we've learned in, say, 7th grade to 12th grade haven't been that different. And, yes, you always have that go-to person, but also they don't really teach you how to start that interaction with your go-to person, where that trust should start, how to build that trust. And that's a big thing. Like, how are you supposed to start building that trust with your said person? Or will your parents get in trouble or like make you get in trouble for drinking or using substances, anything like that. Like they should teach you how to build that barrier of trust with your said parent or guardian or older sibling um, instead of just have this person to call. It it definitely depends on the family because I know I come from a family where my mom would 100% be there, no questions asked. But I know some people have um, a strained relationship with their parents or maybe don't have someone to go to. And then what do you do? Right. I I definitely like to sit in on like a sixth grade health class now and see if anything really has changed. Yeah. 
I think one thing that, I mean, I, you can't really blame this on anything, but when we were um, learning about, you know, peer pressure in these like party situations, the main things that we were told we were going to encounter would be like cigarettes. Like, yeah, I would have to search like high and low to find someone smoking a cigarette. And granted, like vapes, jewels, pens, whatever you want to call them, weren't really around yet. I think they were kind of like just like becoming popular when we were probably in like seventh and eighth grade. But like, I mean, I've never like encountered a cigarette. So I can only hope that I mean, granted, it's like the same uh, premise, but I, I hope that curriculum has been updated to, you know, I think like it's so much easier to just have like a jewel in your pocket than it is to, like have a pack a of cigarettes and like a yeah. lighter and like. Yeah. Karen, I think going off of what you said, we encounter discussion about peer pressure when it comes to drugs and alcohol and parties, but we don't really talk about peer pressure when it comes to daily occurrences, like what classes you're taking and the stuff yeah. that comes up with that, like, um, you know, sort of we're in this society where everything is about high pressure classes, high pressure, you know, getting good grades. And if you don't get these things, you know, people think there's something wrong with you and the pressure that comes with this and how to, um, you know, stay true to you and be on your own path. Yeah, I think Mount Mount Lebanon is like super, uh, a super high stress environment. And I know like the districts around us, like Upper St. Clair, um, Peters, Bethel Park, like they're all pretty similar situations, but like like going through the whole college application process a lot of like this is such an awful thing to say but a lot of the times I was wondering is this a college that I really want to spend the next four years of my life at or is this a college that I want to say to people look here's where I'm going where are you going you know like I feel like it's you know um like you walk into the guidance office at school and I mean this is great but like you see all those um you see all the pennants like of like Ivy Leagues and like it's just like oh my god yeah (laughs) you know when you're feeling like pressured to be like at some point you kind of lose yourself in that um academic rigor and I think that can become a dangerous and slippery slope right like am I doing this for me or am I doing this for the people to see me and like for my kids to be able to say look at my mom she went to this really great school and that's another thing like the curriculums always focus on the drugs and alcohol the sex the party scene um, like, why don't they build in the everyday, like, I mean, school, like, academic rigor, taking care of family members? I mean, there's pressure in everything, especially from peers. Um, and a lot of it, like you said, does come with academics. But it's also, this person has a job. Maybe I should have a job. Maybe I should be earning money. Why does this person get to buy these things with their own money? Why does these like these people's parents give them more money and it's always seems like a competition and it is fueled by peer pressure, but we don't know how to deal with that pressure. Like we've never been taught the coping skills to deal with the pressure that comes from our peers and from being in a really high stress environment almost all the time. Right. Um, I think like Mount Lebanon really pushes all this stuff like down our throats. Like, you know, they love to talk about how high their AP scores are and how high their SAT scores are and, you know, what schools they're sending kids to and how many honors and AP classes they're offering. But it's great that they can offer all that, but they're not countering that with the mental health resources and, you know, the taking care of you and the um, what whatever you want to call it, self-care that needs to be there. And on that note, we are going to cut to our generous sponsor, St. Clair Health. At St. Clair Health, we're always improving, building on our commitment to face the challenges of today. 
making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together by creating reliable resources that recognize all of our neighbors with access to the highest quality healthcare, advanced care close to home, and a shared humanity that delivers on our joint vision to create a healthier community for all. St. Clair Health, expert care from people who care. All right, um, after that ad, we're gonna go on to our next question. Um, how should lesson plans be changed to better pre prepare kids for today's climate? I think we've sort of touched on this note a little bit, but definitely um, talking more about just the ups and downs of life in general, as opposed to parties and sex education and drugs and alcohol, um, you know, talking about those academic lessons and how to stay true to you even in the face of others, you know, constantly watching you. Yeah. yeah. And I think, um, you know, a lot of health was focused on, like, how to counter an intruder that's coming into your home, what to do when your house is on fire, you know, what to do when someone comes up to you and is like, get in the car when you're walking home from school. Like, that stuff is all great, but I think we're kind of looking at the wrong things and, like, how realistic is it that, you're, I mean, I hate to say this, but how realistic is it that you're going to be kidnapped or your house is going to catch on fire or there's going to be an intruder in your house versus the harsh reality that like you know especially kids going into middle school and then getting ready to go into high school like you have to start making hard choices like and mm -hmm. I mean I remember freshman year I like started thinking about oh my gosh like this stuff is going on in my transcript my like everyone knows what classes I'm taking how many you know leadership positions can I hold like and then like Maddie was saying earlier like at the end of the day who am I doing this for like it, I can't say everything I'm doing is for me so yeah. I mean I think uh, that's that's really hard. And granted, it is important that they teach those little things, but maybe a little bit less time on them would be nice. I mean, we do have firefighters and police officers, and I think I've seen them speak more than I've talked to my guidance counselor in high school, which to me might be a problem because how many times have I encountered a police officer or a firefighter in public? I never have. Right. Um, I've never had to deal with a fire or an intruder in my home or anything that we might have spent four or five weeks of a curriculum on in health class. But how many times have I had questions about my schedule in high school, questions about taking an AP class versus an honors class versus an academic class and how it's going to affect my weighted QPA, getting into college, getting into a cum laude program, getting into National Honor Society. And the toll that that takes on my stress and my mental health, maybe they should have guidance counselors come down and talk in health classes on a day instead of maybe a police officer. Not saying that the police officer's roles are less important or say a firefighter or say someone else playing with the drunk goggles was always fun. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think on the topic of academics, picking those classes in eighth grade sets you up for your entire high school. And that was one of the biggest stressors in eighth grade was not, oh, I might run into a fire. It was oh my gosh, this is setting me up to get into college right now. For the now. rest of my life. Yes. And how am I going to deal with this? And what are my peers taking? And yeah. if this person can take all three honors, 
I can take all three honors. There's a lot of, um, if this person can do it, so can I, or, you know, this person's doing less than I am, so I must be better. And it's Mm -hmm. not, it's constantly about being better and not being different, which I think is something would, that would be great to talk more about would be, you know, like, it's okay to be on a different path than someone else. And I think following along with academics, we haven't really touched on activities. I know there's a lot of kids at the high school that are multi-sport athletes or are in 10 clubs and they, they can't keep up with it. It's, yeah. it's something that's hard to juggle because everyone's constantly about building a resume, looking good for colleges, looking good for a future job. And they're not really focused on, well, what's good for my brain? What's good for my body? And, you know, focusing on, taking care of themselves. I think we see a lot of burnout and we don't talk a lot about how peers um, lead to that burnout. And it's really hard how, I mean, you can be involved and almost, like you said, spread thin over six or seven activities. And then you look at those two kids, say, in one of your activities that are at the top and you compare yourself to them and you're like, why am I not the best at this? But they're only doing two things. Right, you can't give your 100% to seven things. Exactly, while they're giving their 100% to one thing. And it's really hard to accept that, but it's also hard because no one's ever told you that before. You know what I mean? That comes from like your parents, where in school they can be like, oh, it's okay to do this many things, but you have to accept that you cannot be the best if you choose to do 10 things. I also think there's not a whole lot of talk about um, deciding to leave things that Mm -hmm. are no longer serving you. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of pressure, obviously, if you've been doing something for your whole life for seven years or 10 years or whatever it is. There's not a lot of talk about, you know, it's okay to leave that. And I know you just stopped dancing. I just stopped soccer. And, you know, I've had friends that stopped swimming after doing it their entire life or, you know, quitting musical because the, the environment wasn't good for their brain yeah and that's a lot of pressure I mean kids are staying in that in an unhealthy environment because Because it looks good exactly and I think the other thing that um is so like cliche is like uh teachers will say like you know get your eight hours of sleep spend like spend time with your family and like if we do four hours of homework for my class if we were to break down like an, an average high schooler's day you're looking at seven hours of school a couple hours of a sport or an activity after school, you know, kids are expected to have a job. You're expected to spend time with your family. You're expected to eat three sit-down meals a day. And then you're expected to do all your homework, which is, I mean, for most kids, a couple hours a night. Mm-hmm. Then you're expected to get eight hours of sleep. We're looking at about a 36-hour day at this point, And there are only, you know, 24 hours a day. And, like, that, it doesn't add up. So I think teachers and, um, you know, adults in our lives come from, a place of ignorance and you know ignorance is bliss when they can say that you know you should be getting those eight hours of sleep you should be making time with for your family you should be working a job and you should be doing all these things when like there are only so many hours a day and like it it just doesn't all fit and then like my favorite thing is when a teacher will be like oh sorry I didn't get your test graded last night I was feeling like really tired I'm like well that is like I get that you're obviously a teacher adult like like my like superior essentially but like I don't have that luxury of like quitting when I'm burnt out when I'm exhausted at night like I can either get sleep and like be well rested for the next day or I can take a zero on your assignment exactly like, I like I can't there's not enough hours in the day for teenagers especially to be holistically healthy um and I think it's insane that 
I didn't learn what holistic health was until 12th grade. Yeah. I had no idea. And I'm not balanced. I am not overall what they would call holistically healthy. But I feel healthy. Yeah. I think that's um, a big problem. It's that the other part of health class was, you know, learning about your diet and being of a healthy weight and um, whatnot. But those are really only such small parts of your overall health that Mm -hmm. you, with the way like things are set up, like with, you know, like we were just talking about all the things you're supposed to be doing in a day, you can't have like every part. Like, I feel like at the end of the day, I have to choose what I'm going to sacrifice for something else. Exactly. I think, you know, another good thing to to bring up is the fact that we're not taking health class again until we're seniors after Mm -hmm. eighth grade. And a lot of the things that we learn in health class, you know, about drugs and about alcohol and, you know, sex education and all this stuff, like by the time you're a senior, you've encountered it all already. Like how does being a senior and taking health doesn't help. I think we need to be taking these health classes as freshmen. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It is way too far gone. Like you drop us off at at like, you know, you drop us off at the door of the high school and we're like, okay, see you in three years. Yeah. And then at that point, you know, we've been to all the parties. We've encountered these situations. We've had to figure out who's going to drive home from a party safely. You know, like it's, it's, I mean, I, granted that's a, that's a state thing, like a policy thing, but like it's, it's that's a problem for me. Like it's a problem <laughs> for a lot of yeah. people. Um. So kind of taking a different turn, um, how does social media impact peer pressure in your perspective? Social media is definitely like one of the biggest, I would say, pressures that teens face. Um, We see these these images of, you know, people who are doing all these things and who have, you know, these perfect little um, lives and a, a body that you aspire to have but don't. And it's it's really, you know, takes a toll on Mental, mental health. health. Yeah. Um, I, I think something too is there's unrealistic standards <sighs> of what teens are doing because you see 15 year olds who are, you know, essentially living on their own. So when you look at these yeah. like TikTok, you know, yeah. like houses, like the height house of 16 year olds, there's like what 10, 16 year olds living in a house together and no supervision and they're making how many thousands of dollars a year and you're like well why isn't my life like that yeah it puts unrealistic expectations out there oh for sure the other awful thing about um social media is like the whole like oh look this is what you're missing out on thing like if you're like like say like I'm, like, babysitting on a Friday night, and I'm, like, clicking through Snapchat stories. I'm, like, here's a party I'm not at. Here's a party I'm not at. Here's a party I'm not at. It's just, like, oh, my gosh. And, like, like my parents are always, like, oh, like, we didn't have to see what other people were doing when we were younger. I'm, like, that must have been really nice. And because, yeah, you, you, like, it's always, like, okay, here's what I haven't been invited to or here's what I can't make time in my day for. And that's another thing that I think is really important, like, the evolution of – both teachers, parents, administrators, anyone who is considered our superior, them all saying, well, when I was younger, when I was your age. And that's a big thing, like from health class when you said cigarettes have turned into whatever, vapes, carts, whatever. Um, um, When you say, like, when I was your age, I could do all of this. Well, when they were our age, they probably did have time to have family time and to eat a family dinner and to do their homework because they weren't playing club sports with an activity with student council 
with four AP classes because I don't even think the College Board existed then. <laughs> um, and it's hard to hear people say, well, we did this because it's another form of peer pressure. And it's not even peer pressure. It's pressure from your superior to say, well, if I did it, you can do it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's hard when you know they aren't spread as thin as you, but they're still holding you to this expectation. Unrealistic expectation. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's just as hard because, you know, like my parents who, you know, weren't crazy involved in high school are like doing just fine. Like, <laughs> what am I doing this to myself for, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think the other uh, part of social media is like, as much as I hate it, as much as I know it is bad for me, as like, you know, that um, study that came out like just two weeks ago, I mean, that I I am like so proud of this like Facebook whistleblower. I like I yeah. have no clue who she is, but like, you know, she did a really brave thing and it's all true. I mean, you can't deny that Instagram does make people more depressed. Um Facebook is uh, the most divisive place you could possibly put yourself, but the thing is, like as much as I want to just like delete those platforms, like that is the way everyone communicates about everything. You know, like um you're pressured to be on these apps. You're not only getting pressured while you're in them, but you're getting pressured to be on them. And with that, we will now cut to our sponsor, our generous sponsor, St. Clair Health. At St. Clair Health, we're always improving, building on our commitment to face the challenges of today, making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together. St. Clair Health, expert care from people who care. So, like, we were saying about this, like, um, communication over social media, like, all my class group chats are on Snapchat. Like, yeah. all, like, if, like, you know, even, like, club group chats are on Snapchat, that's the only way I, like, whenever, you know, like, texting, if you said someone text you, it used to mean, like, they actually texted you. Now it's like, oh, they sent you a Snapchat. Like, yeah. That's what, te- like, I- Caroline was texting me the other day, you know, she was Snapchatting <laughs> me in the chat feature. Yes. <laughs> Snapchat. Yeah. Like, that's, uh, and so, like, this is, like, awful that I feel have to feel this way, but, like, if I, like that's, like, my lifeline to, like, everything from, like, okay, here, like, what was the homework in class today to what are we doing tonight? Like, yeah. I mean, I think it's it sucks that it's that way, but that's, like, that's the other thing about, like, when parent like, when parents punish you by taking away your phone, I don't think they realize that, like, that's where everything is, you know? Is. Like, your homework, like, your... Like, you didn't need a phone when you were my age because they weren't around. So, like, I mean... And, like, some teachers will even, like, take attendance by, like, checking the phone caddy. Like, if I'm, like, I mean, it's kind of sad how much they've become such an integrated part of our lives. I take attendance by signing into a Google Sheet on my phone. Exactly. Yep. Um, Speaking of reaching out, and you can probably use your phone for this, what would you guys like to hear us discuss in future episodes? Um, you can let us know by emailing podcasts at outreachteen.org. That's podcast with an S at outreachteen.org. Or if you think you have a valuable perspective to bring to us as a guest, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. With that, we'll see you next month on the third Thursday with another episode. And we would really, really like to thank Maddie for being here and joining us today. Thank you, guys. I had fun. Awesome. Views and opinions expressed in the Teens Tap In podcast represent the opinions of the hosts and their guests. The views and opinions expressed by Outreach Teen and Family Services employees, donors, and volunteers 
are their own and do not necessarily reflect the view of Outreach Teen and Family Services or the show's sponsors. The content here should not be taken as counseling advice. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is unique, please consult your mental health provider or physician for any mental health counseling or other medical questions. The podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including, but not limited to, establishing a standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. If you find any error in any of the content of the podcast, please contact us at podcasts at outreachteen.org. Outreach Teen and Family Services, its sponsors, donors, and partners expressly disclaim any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages whatsoever arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast. Please go to www.outreachteen.org to see the complete notice and disclaimer for the podcast episodes.